Well, thank you, John and worship team. It's good to be with you this morning. As I see the offering baskets still being passed around, it reminded me of a story of a, a little boy who went up to the pastor after service one Sunday, and he said, when I grow old, I'm going to give you money. The pastor said, why, thank you. Why would you do that? Well, my daddy says, you're one of the poorest preachers around. <laughs> well, that's not why we give. In fact, from the earliest church, they gave. We hear stories, read stories of the Corinthian church. When they found out that the church in Jerusalem was going through a famine, they were being persecuted, they, they were destitute. The Corinthian church, they gathered money together to give to Paul. But it says in 2 Corinthians 8, 5, they gave of themselves first. We're in a generosity series, and we haven't started talking about money yet. Because generosity is much more than money. It's about giving of ourselves. Here's what Jesus says in Matthew. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. And whoever wishes, whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. If we give away, God blesses. In God's kingdom, there's something about giving our life away that allows us to find life. In God's kingdom, in God's economy, there's something about giving our life away that allows us to find life. If we choose to keep our life, we'll lose it. But if we give it away, Jesus says, we will find it in a very unique way. Well, I saw that generosity, that giving, modeled to me my whole life. But as I was thinking, where did I see someone who, who really gave? I, I thought of a high school teacher I had. Now, it was a different high school. I was in Trinidad, called Queens Royal College. It was 800. It was an all-guys high school, if you can believe it. I was the only Caucasian in the high school. I had it on top of that. Although I'd grown up there since I was two years old, we were all friends together. And, you know... As a high school guy, I guess I got in trouble once or twice. And when you think of a school of 800 guys, you'd think there'd be trouble. And there was. There was quite a bit of trouble. I remember I got caught once, and they did discipline a little differently. So they had caning, caning in, in, in the day. So the headmaster would call you to his office. And, I mean, I, I can hear it like it was yesterday. The words seared on my mind. Young man, touch your toes. <laughs> <laughs> and then you'd hear a whistle of that bamboo coming down. And when the Board of Education hit the seat of learning, there was enlightenment. That's all I can say. And I didn't do that too often. At least, not that I told my parents. But anyway, there was a teacher in this high school, Mr. Goddard, a tall guy. He was from Barbados, had a funny accent. But he just commanded attention in, in a unique way. All guys, so it was a lot of noise. We'd be in class. He'd walk in right before class, and he'd say this, just one moment, please. And he'd kneel down and quietly pray for us. And the place would get real quiet. During lunchtimes, he'd sit in a classroom with his Bible, and he'd read a verse or read a whole passage and explain it, and it didn't matter if there was one guy there or if there was 150 guys there. I saw both just faithfully read through the Scriptures. 
He later became uh, the headmaster of the school, and thankfully I got my life aligned before I had to visit him in that office. But when I went back to the island and I said, where's Mr. Goddard? And they told me where he lived, and I found him. And I asked, well, what does Mr. Goddard do now as a retired principal headmaster of a large school? He goes to the hospital every day, and he bathes patients. And if you know the hospital down there, that was a real act of kindness, a real generosity. The one who gives his life will gain it. There's something about when we give our life away, we gain something very important, very good. And that's why we've been talking about this generosity series, about giving, giving away something we can't keep. Aaron talked about generosity of time, giving our time. Not that we have to do anything more, but the knowledge that God owns all our time. So at the beginning of the day, the week, it's God, what do you want me to do? We're, it's all your time. It's not like I have to give him some. It's all his. Then Eddie talked about the, the generosity of talents. Not that you have to use your talents and do more with it, but we are to do it in love. 1 Corinthians 13, whatever we do, it has to be done in love or else it's nothing. Then Austin talked about the generosity of grace. Because we've been shown grace by God, we can give grace to others. When we realize what God has forgiven us of, we can forgive those that are still on the path, walking, making mistakes as well. And today we're going to talk about generosity of service, giving of ourselves in a unique way. Now that's not new to us, giving time, talents, money, uh, effort, grace, service. But we don't do it as much as we should. There's something wrong. We're not motivated to give as much as we do, as much as God wants us to give. And I was trying to think, why aren't we? Why don't I want to give more? Why don't I want to give of my life? And Matthew chapter 9, he shows us a view into the mind of Christ of what moved him to compassion. So in Matthew chapter 9, verse 35, you can join me there in your Bibles. It's not a parable. It's not a story. It's an insight into what Jesus was thinking. Let me read that for us. Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. Jesus was going through all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. Let me just stop there. This was Jesus' ministry. He was going. He was moving out. He was in cities. He was in villages. There was no priority. There was no bias. He wanted to meet all people. He wanted to reach out to all people. And while he was going to both cities and villages, he was doing several things. He was teaching the word. He was instructing them how to live. He was instructing them about the God of heaven. He was instructing them from the scriptures, the Torah. He was teaching them in their synagogues. And then it also says he was proclaiming, which is different than teaching. Proclaiming is more of an urging. Hey, get on board. It's a John the Baptist type of preaching. Repent. The kingdom of God is at hand. There's authority in proclaiming. He was not only teaching, but he was proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ, of himself. 
And then he was also healing. He was restoring people physically, restoring their families, restoring their hope, restoring their life. That's how Jesus moved. But in verse 36, we're seeing more into his mind. It says, seeing the people, he was observing. He's watching. He felt compassion for them. Deep, something deep moved in him. The God of the universe, watching people, was moved with compassion. Why? Three reasons. Because they were distressed. They were dispirited. They were like sheep without a shepherd. It says he had compassion because they were distressed. It's a word like they were harassed. They were annoyed. Life was tough. Life was difficult. And we know that even today. Life is difficult. Life doesn't go as we want it to go. It's not as easy. There's a lot of unexpected things that come our way. To some, it's a lot harder. To others, it seems easier. But money doesn't help. Where you live doesn't help. The country doesn't you help. Life can be difficult. Jesus looks at people beyond what they look like because we all look great on Sunday morning. My wife says, I clean up well because she buys my shirts. That's one reason. I don't get to choose what I wear. But that's all right. I'm okay with that, and so are you, I can tell. <laughs> but you see a me that I want to present. Now, sometimes I'm more vulnerable. With some people, I'm more vulnerable than other times, but I don't lay out all my stuff here. Jesus looks right through people, and he sees the chaos. He sees the pain. He sees the things that are around the corner. We're distressed. We're dispirited, it says. We're, we're thrown down. It, it, it's a rough word. It's, it's a word when the demon in Mark 4 threw down the man. We can be thrown down in life because of the evil one, because of sin. Not just difficult things happening, but, but dispirited, thrown down. You know, as a younger guy, since I'll go back then, it's easier to be vulnerable a long time ago instead of recently. I thought sin was fun, right? Sin is great. You get to pick and choose what sins you want to do. It can be great. I mean, my favorite song was, I was sinking deep in sin. Wee! You know, my dad didn't like that very much, but my Bible's falling apart, but um, that's all right. It's because I read it a lot. That's what I'm going to stay with. But then in Trinidad, when I was doing ministry, we'd encounter demonic situations. And then you'd see sin and the evil one for what it was really like. And it's scary. I mean, you'd walk into a room and a sugar bowl would get up and fly across. You realize, okay, I'm not the only one in this room. Or you'd get in a situation where we're called to a lovely young Indian lady who, who was from a Hindu family, and they said she was possessed. So I went there with a friend, and, and we went in there, and she was reading. We had to read the scriptures, and every time she'd mention Jesus, she'd start to, 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 to be possessed. She would start to contort. Her face would turn ugly. She would go in a fetal position. There was a foul smell, a loud voice, and, and, and there's the presence of evil. And in that situation, through, through prayer and singing and worship, she was delivered. But it reminded me there's an evil one, and sin can paint itself as very nice. But it catches us. 
And it can enslave us. That's the dispirited. Thrown down by the evil one. Kept under by the evil one. Kept into an addiction. Always remember, sin will take you further than you want to go. Sin will keep you longer than you want to stay. And sin will cost you more than you want to pay. I think my dad told me that. And it's so true. Jesus sees that. And they were also sheep without a shepherd. No one to care for them, to love them, to protect them, provide for them what a shepherd does. Jesus saw the people as they are, as we are, and had compassion, was deeply moved by what he saw. And in that, he responds in verse 37. Here's what I want you to do, he says. To his disciples, he said, the harvest is plentiful. There's a lot of hurting people out there. But the workers are few, very few people to go help those who are hurting. Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. The first priority when you're moved with compassion and seeing people is to pray. I want you to pray. Pray the Lord of the harvest, the sovereign God, would move in people's lives to go out and have compassion on people. And as we pray, as we listen to God, we find out God moves us. And in the kingdom of God, when we give our lives away, we find life. The verse says if you try to keep your life, you're going to lose it. Jesus modeled giving his life away. I'm going to take the next 10 minutes for an illustration with a lot of people up here. Hang with me. Jay and Grace Williams came to our church 17 years ago. We started the same month here on staff. They came with a young family, and, and, and Jay and Grace came as the family pastor, family ministries pastor, and he lasted six months. Jay had so much compassion, we moved him to member care after six months and hired someone else. And for the last 16 years, Jay has been leading our church in opening our eyes to this scripture, having compassion for those around us. On a Friday night, you'll find Jay at El Dorado Motel, sitting with the homeless, eating, playing games. Royal Family Kids Camp, you'll find him every year and his whole family there serving foster kids in difficult situations. In our mentoring foster kids, Jay, every one of his family is mentoring one of the students. As a church, he's led us into our neighborhoods and into our communities. He's done that so well. We, we formed OC United, a foundation to be based in Fullerton that we can partner with churches and other businesses so that the light of Christ can show. And we found that Jay's been down there 85% of the time, 15% here. And he said, I, I need to be down there. So Jay and the OC United board asked us to release him as a church to go full-time with OC United. And today, we're going to do that. We're going to bless him. We're going to pray for him and release him into ministry. So I'd like to call up Jay and Grace Williams right now if you want to thank them for what they've done. Come on.
Jay, it's been a journey. We've eaten a lot of food, drank a lot of coffee together. That's true. But we've done a lot of ministry together. Jay, what's moved you? What's been on your heart? Yeah, thanks, Dan. Thank you for those kind words as well. Um, well, I, I just want, I'm just uh, I'm humbled here and want to say thank you to the church for the blessing that you've been to me and my family. I'm getting choked up. It's all right. So what has moved me? <laughs> um, I think Dan's already talked about it. I think I realized pretty early that my role here at this church was to help us engage um, the mission at our doorstep, the mission in our backyard, mm-hmm. and that's for all of us, and in particular to the places of greatest need and to those who are marginalized. That's, mm-hmm. that's been my passion, and that, that mm-hmm. wakes me up in the morning. So. How many of you have been on a project that Jay organized? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of work, Jay. I remember we left the church a few times, leave the building. A couple we Sunday did. mornings, we just went and worked in the community. Yeah, that was crazy. So you've also blessed me and let me do some crazy things, and that maybe <laughs> was one of them. But we, we said the church has left the building, and we actually closed the door on Sunday morning mm. for a couple mm. years in a row. And we said, we're serious. Mm. We want everybody mm. to go out into the community and take your worship into mm. the community. So and that you, was fun. You've li- or walked with us on serve days, love, your, love uh, Fullerton, Fullerton days. Yeah. Freudian slip there. <laughs> <laughs> and all kind of grace work, too. serve day. Yeah, it was, it's been an incredible. So why step out now, Jay? What's the compelling factor? Yeah, so the compelling factor is just um, the opportunity. Um, as we've recognized that, that part of what we're wanting to do is to take what we've already been doing for all these years mm-hmm. And to see them grow and expand. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think that OC United is one of a great way for us to do that. We've mm-hmm. already experienced it mm-hmm. in pretty amazing ways. We've seen mm-hmm. that God's blessed that. And he's just shown us great favor in our city as well as our community, local businesses. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so we just think the time is right mm-hmm. and we're ready to do that. Mm-hmm. So. And Grace, I know you said you didn't want to say anything. But I know you brought little kids when you came. And now they're grown adults. And it's been great to have you here ministering in our church with us. And so many people have been blessed by your ministry. Let's look up on the video. A couple friends wanted to say something. Thank you to EV Free for the amazing job that you're doing and your engagement with our community. In launching OC United and the leadership of Jay Blooms, you are doing something that really we've never seen happen in the city before. OC United is making a huge impact on the city of Fullerton. Practically speaking, through Love Fullerton, OC United has saved the Fullerton taxpayers over $650,000 over the last three years, completing more than 75 projects in town on public property. Your commitment to being involved in our community is changing the lives and providing hope. Where once many churches did things independently, we finally have uh, several churches working together to improve our community. Today in Fullerton, we care more about our neighbors than we used to because of the work of OC United. We help more. We, as a church, partner more with other organizations in this community. Rather than giving help to the community, our church through OC United is a part of the community. And to me, that is the most beautiful thing about it. I hope you are, you are proud of what you're accomplishing in our community and the impact that OCU United is having through this church. I'm so excited for Jay Williams to start this new full-time position at OC United because I know that as he's free to give more of his life 
to this important effort, the effectiveness and the power that this effort has will be even more beneficial to the community of Fullerton. So thank you, EV Free, for freeing Jay to do this great work. Well, one of our early volunteers was Paul in all our Love Fullerton, OC United efforts. Paul serves on the board of OC United. He's an elder here at church. And Paul, remind us what's so good about OC United. Yeah, well, a lot of what's good about OC United start with Jay and Grace and what they've, what they've empowered. Uh, when you came in, hopefully you were given one of these uh, brochures. I'm going to hit a few of the high points in it. Um, and if you don't have one, I'd love for you to take a minute and stop by uh, the, the tables in the plaza to grab one. I think it's super important as a church that we understand what OC United is all about, uh, why it exists the way it exists. And, um, uh, and so with that, you know, just to underscore what we're all about, right? We're about uniting people of faith across Fullerton and other cities in, uh, in Orange County to unleash compassion um, so that we can empower the vulnerable and we can... Um, uh, serve those communities that, that God's called us to. A, a couple of those communities, we look at orphans, right, through the foster and adoption initiatives, um, the oppressed and the poor through the neighborhood development and the homelessness um, programs and the domestic abuse um, programs that we've got running. And so um, God has called us to reach those people, to serve these people. And so I want to make sure you understand that that is the driving, the driving force of it. Um, in terms of long-term focus, Dan, the, some people have said, okay, so you're putting Jay and some of these things in OC United, which is a separate nonprofit. It is faith-based. It's not a church, uh, but it is a faith-based nonprofit. And um, the reason we've done that, I'll hit in a second, but one thing I want to underscore is just make sure everyone understands, you know, OC United, the vision of it and the, the mission of it will be tightly aligned to that of Evie for Fullerton. Um, a majority of the board members will always be members in uh, good standing from our church. Um, in terms of um, why, I want to I wanna just hit two points. As a, as a, a nonprofit, we're able to um, work with two groups uh, of organizations that we haven't been able to in the past. One is the local government. You saw the chief of police and uh, the mayor there. Um, and there's ways that we can do more with uh, them than we ever have in the past. And then the second one is through businesses. A lot of businesses won't give straight to a church, but love the work that we do and want to get involved too. And um, we, can, we can serve them. And one example of that is for all of you that have worked with Royal Family Kids Camp and, and those programs that we've had, as those kids have grown up, we started TLC and served them through their teenage years. And now they're 18. And they're, you know, we've been doing this for 17 years. And now they're 18 and they're emancipating. And, and there's a lot of tragedy that comes with that. But one of the programs that we're starting now is um, to, to serve that, um, those emancipating youth with a, with a housing program. And uh, just, just by opening this up through OC United, a local business um, actually committed this week to purchase a house uh, for the program in downtown Fullerton. So it's really neat to see what God is doing. Amazing. Mm. It is about transforming lives. When we give our life away, God gives us life, and that life spreads to other people. We recorded a testimony this week of a young gal in foster care whose life was changed through the ministry of our church. Her face is blacked out because she's still in the foster care system, but let's look at her story together. Yeah, absolutely. That's an amazing, amazing story. 
Well, some of the elders are going to be coming up as we pray for Jay and Grace, but Jay and Grace, we're not sending you out. We're really sending you in, into Fullerton. You're still going to be a part of our church. You're still going to be a part of our family. We're helping support you as you launch out. Uh, the monies that come into the Compassion Fund that we receive at the doors after the communion time, a lot of it goes to OC United. Up here we have the crack OC United staff that accomplish all this stuff in the city and some of the elders. So let's come around Jay and Grace and let's pray for them as we send them out into this ministry. Would you uh, maybe extend a hand out to Jay and Grace as we bless them, pray for them? I hope I can make it through the prayer. So, Father, we are so incredibly grateful for Jay and Grace. Thank you for their dedication, for the giftedness of mercy that you have given them, and for this incredible opportunity to reach our community. Lord, you know that's the kind of church, that's the kind of people that we want to be. We want to love our neighbors. Lord, that's the second greatest commandment, is to love to love others, and we want to do that well. So we thank you for this ministry of OC United. And we would pray, Father, that you would expand their borders, that you would do an incredible work through Jay and Grace. Lord, that you would bless their marriage, that you would bless their family. Father, that you would just pour out your grace on their work. So thank you for them. Thank you that they're still going to be here We still get to hug them on Sunday mornings. And uh, thank you just for their pastoral heart. So we love them and we love you. And we look forward, Father, to the great things that you're going to do through them. So bless them, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Let's thank them. Absolutely. There is something about giving our life away that gives us life. So I encourage us as we talk about generosity to think, God, how can I give my life? Where can I give my life? We can start with prayer. Jesus said, pray that these folks will find compassion. OC United has a whole row of tables outside. If you would like to be a prayer, a giver, a donor, a helper, they'd love to talk to you outside. You know, when we think of who gave their life so that we might have life. There's no better example than our Lord Jesus Christ. God the Son who left heaven to live on earth, to take on the sins of the world so that we would be forgiven. We would be free from the evil one. We wouldn't have to fear him. We wouldn't have to be trapped by him. Jesus came and died so that we would have freedom and we get to celebrate that as we take communion. Jesus said, when you gather together to his disciples, I want you to take this bread, I want you to drink this cup, and I want you to remember, you are free. And you're free because of my sacrifice. And you're free to serve others. As a team comes to give out the bread and the cup, please hold it. We'll be singing, but think through in your minds, God, is there anything I need to confess as I examine myself? Am I holding anything back in my life that that you want me to surrender to you? And willfully do that. Because as we give our life, he gives us life that glorifies him.